Welcome to the North Group Podcast. At North Group, we are invited into organizations to influence leadership and organizational behavior. It is absolutely fascinating work. Today, we invite you into one of those conversations. Josh, I would say that in just about, if not every one-on-one leadership development coaching meeting I have, I want to have a conversation with that client about the vitally important topic of self-awareness. You do the same thing? Absolutely. At some point, maybe it's right up front, maybe it's halfway through, but we're constantly working on people's self-awareness. Why is that so important? Yeah. I think it's important for a number of reasons. One is I think as leaders, if we hope to actually be a good leader, we have to understand, number one, where are we starting at from our level of Mm self-awareness? And are we improving our self-awareness? Because as we lead other people, other people will understand how aware we are, not only of like reading a situation, but of ourselves. And if they believe that we're aware of ourselves, I think that they can more easily believe that we understand them and are willing to come alongside them and say that we are for them, if you will. Yeah. I would say that any leader, Hmm. any area of life worth their salt, so Hmm. to speak, has some sort of reflection process. Hmm. You know, you think back on the day, the week, the month, Hmm. a particular meeting or encounter that we have. And you, almost any leader worth their soul is thinking about, how did that go? Mm. What was my role in that? How can I be different next time? Why did so-and-so not appear to respond in the way I was hoping they would respond in that meeting? Mm. If you're not doing that, that's almost, you know, what I've heard said, permission to play Mm -hmm. for leadership. I think what we're trying to help people with, and certainly help ourselves with, is to get closer and closer to this content concept of real-time self-awareness mm-hmm. that we can make that adjustment on the fly. I think that's hard. Do you think that's hard? And why is it so hard? I do think that that's hard. And I think that it's a journey in order to get there too. Uh, I think that it's hard. I'll start with number one. I think that sometimes our level of self-awareness needs to be checked in terms of are we self-aware from a self-reflection standpoint? I'd really kind of oversimplify what you were describing earlier to say that's a reflective mindset. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we yep. walk through an experience, we step back, and we reflect on it. Well, as objective as we think that we can be, we also have to recognize if we're self-aware that we are even reflecting back on that situation through our own lens, Mm. which actually reflects on our own level of self-awareness. So, hey, how was Roger feeling when I delivered that news to him? Or what what did I perceive that so-and-so was thinking when I laid out this project? Or how was it that I was reading that person uh, sitting across the table at dinner when I was telling that funny joke? Whatever it might be, uh, sometimes we don't recognize that our own reflection on a situation actually reflects us. And it might be flawed. It, it might be. It might be. <laughs> I mean, I might not have read it correctly. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, and so one, I think that that's, that's part of what's hard about it. But two, 
I think that what can be hard about that too is also a recognition and As a leader, I think that we have to start with this recognition that there are a lot of variables that we want to put in that equation of self-awareness that sometimes I think are either blind spots or we just kind of out of naivete, we neglect them. Mm. And that's the idea of, hey, what's actually my motivation here? Do I recognize that I want others to view me in a good light? Mm -hmm. And therefore, am I positioning myself or am I doing things that, again, are maybe happening subconsciously, but are actually building toward that outcome? Mm -hmm. Not so much just an authentic self, Mm -hmm. if you will, or an an authentic uh, level of self-awareness. Instead, I'm trying to look good. Mm -hmm. I'm maybe trying to be right. Culturally, we would uh, hold seats within organizations that have power associated with them. And so even the way that people are responding, are they responding specifically to us? Are they responding to the position? Well, I'll just use those three as examples. If we don't take those into account, I think we're going to have a hard time being a good judge of self-awareness and or even when we look back on a situation, what we're perceiving are we perceiving it accurately? Or is that somewhat a reflection even on who we are? So a lot of this conversation would be about being honest about the things that I hold to be important that may get in the way of my being authentically present with another person. Agreed. Agreed. So, you know, in my case, I like other people to speak well of me. I... I'm overly interested in my own image and these sorts of Mm -hmm. things. And actually these things are unfortunately true. Uh, (laughs) I have to work at peeling those things away Mm -hmm. because they're Mm self-focused and not others focused. That's exactly right. And so uh, as you well know, a number of years ago, we put together, we, I'm speaking to North Group, uh, put together uh, what we call a three-stage model of self-awareness moving from stage one which is understanding how I experience myself. Mm -hmm. As I reflect on the conversation that I had with Josh yesterday, why was I not as focused as I wanted to be? Why did I not sense that Josh was fully engaged in the conversation? Those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. The second stage, I understand how others experience us. Mm -hmm. So I start to understand, well, I think I now perceive... Mm -hmm why that was the case, because I'm starting to understand this about Josh in terms of how he responds to me. Mm -hmm. The third stage is just so incredibly hard. And this is what I would ask you to comment on why this is so hard. The the way we would describe this third stage of our self-awareness model, sort of a almost a Zen-like or Jesus-like stage, if you will, of self-awareness is I understand how others experience themselves mm-hmm. when they are with me. It's a completely selfless approach, which yeah. I don't really care that much how I performed or how I felt if mm-hmm. the other person emerges from that conversation better. Mm-hmm. Talk about why that's so hard. Yeah. This might seem like an overly basic starting point, but I think part of what makes it hard is that even from a feedback standpoint, that is not a common question. Yeah. That either we are asked or that we ask ourselves. Yeah. 
So the first two questions are much more common. One, again, how do I experience myself? Or as I reflect on a conversation, even sometimes in a self-critical way, what might the feedback be that I give myself? Ah, Josh, you should have done X, Y, or Z. Or why didn't you see that, you know, that that would have been the time to maybe interject and share something uh, that could have turned the conversation, whatever that might be. The second question, this idea of how others experience me is to even get that real time feedback sometimes of like, hey, Roger, I'm going to pause here. How are you experiencing me right now? Or, you know, do I ever come off as aloof or do I ever come off as intimidating or do I ever... These are common questions. And again, they should be anyway. Absolutely. And this third level, I just think is so much more rare in both cultural feedback, but also, I'd say, especially in personal feedback. Sometimes I think, A, we're not quite sure what we'll hear. Mm -hmm. And B, I'm not so sure that we know exactly what to do with it. Because again, culturally, from a leadership standpoint, this idea of servant leadership is not always held up as the model to follow. Right. We're often in more of an intuitive way uh, trying to get better and or better ourselves, which back to your point earlier, is very self-focused. So to turn the table almost doubly, yeah. if you will, is to turn 180 degrees and essentially say, if this isn't about me... How is Roger experiencing himself when he's with me? Which, does that reflect on me? Well, maybe to a certain degree, because I'm a a participant in this, Mm -hmm. and or I'm walking alongside of him, but I want this to be all about Roger. I don't want to inadvertently turn this back on me. Why is that so hard? I find it hard. Do you find it hard? I do find it hard. Yeah. It's hard. It is hard. Well... Unfortunately, I think that we are quite selfish and yeah. maybe more selfish than what we recognize. And we want to admit. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, I have a question. I, you know, I'm just thinking about this now. Hmm. So often when we go into organizations or even do assessments or uh, a, three, a 360 leadership feedback, we get this very common response that communication Verbal communication, written communication is not what it needs to be in this relationship or this organization. And when I hear that, I think that that may be true, but it's unlikely that that is the core issue. Mm. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. And I think what people are usually telling us Mm. is that they don't quite trust the genuineness or the selflessness Hmm. of the communicator. Hmm. Do you think there's any truth to that? I definitely think there's truth in that. I mean, that's really hard. Well, maybe I'd even give you an example of this. Uh, Maybe the counterintuitive nature sometimes of uh, selfless leadership uh, or servant-like leadership I remember I was in my early 20s and in business school and was uh, working in an organization for the summer. And the uh, leader who I was working under, I I came to really appreciate. And others really seemed to trust this individual, assume the best even when they made mistakes. Uh, And I remember being in a meeting where this individual was talking. 
And one of the things that stood out to me, and this might seem odd, but what stood out to me was the fact that he he was sharing some vision for things, but he also was sharing, you know what, this part of it though, I'm, I'm really not good at. And then he would give a few examples of kind of where he's failed in the past. Mm. And I, I didn't necessarily recognize it in real time, but I felt almost uncomfortable in the meeting. And later on reflecting on the meeting, part of what I realized was happening inside of me was almost like a wondering aloud, why are you sharing that? Yeah. Like, shouldn't you be covering that up yeah. or like hiding that in some way? Because in your role, you don't want others to see that, do you? Ah. Which I I think was just a reflection, number one, of what was inside of me. Uh-huh. But number two is what I think is much more culturally understood yeah. as leadership is that when you get into certain roles and or as you progress in an organization, you don't necessarily show your authentic self. You show what you believe is what leadership is and or what a good leader is. And what do you think prevents leaders or people in general, but we'll we'll talk about leaders, Mm -hmm. from just stripping away the veneer, Mm -hmm. uh, what they think a leader should be like or what they've read in a book, what do you think prevents people from just saying, being like that leader that you spoke about yeah. 20 years ago? What, what, what prevents that? One, I think, is insecurity. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that we're not quite convinced that we got this role because of who we necessarily are. Mm. It's probably how they viewed us. Mm. And so we're looking and we're trying, back to this perceiving thing, we're trying to read maybe why we think we were put in this position. And if I perceive that that's true, then I got to do more of that and less of the things that I think are just kind of who I am, but that's probably not a good leader. Yeah. And so I think part so of we, it just is the, the sense that we're, we're we're not quite enough. That's right. Yeah, and or that we are enough, and we want to prove to people that we are. Mm-hmm. But the things that we're proving are not the things that really matter to other people. That's right. So when we start down that process, we make it worse rather than better. Mm-hmm. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? It does. And we all know people who, unfortunately, are continuing to pile on to that rubbish pile, so to speak. That's right. By right. kind of justifying their own actions or repeating a bunch of things that they've done in the past, a bunch of doing things. But at the same time, the question other people are asking is, what's my genuine meter telling me? That's right. That's and right. I think sometimes the people that we allow to really influence us, if you will, and there is an allow piece to that, mm-hmm. are people that we sense on some level are very close to being fully genuine. Mm. And so then their articulation, their ability to perform, for, form a perfect sentence, mm-hmm. uh, their ability to communicate super clearly is important, mm-hmm. but not as important as we previously thought, as long as it reflects a genuineness about who that person is and what their aspirations are for their organization. Agreed. So let's circle back and maybe put a bow on this thing, mm-hmm. Josh, about back to this three-stage self-awareness mm-hmm. model we have. So stage one, understand how I experience myself. We're all working on that. Mm-hmm. 
Number two, uh, stage two, if you will, I understand how others experience me. We, as you demonstrated a few minutes ago, we can ask those questions and get insight. But golly, stage three, I understand how others experience themselves when we are with me. And the example that I use, which is very hard for me, um, because I can be self-focused like anybody else, perhaps more so, is when, let's say somebody leaves my office after we've had couple hours of conversation together around their leadership growth. I should not want that person to leave that meeting, go home and tell a coworker or a spouse how good Roger is at his job mm-hmm. because or Josh. Mm-hmm. Because if they do, that's not what I want them to be mm-hmm. focused on. What I want them to be focused on is what did I learn about myself? Mm-hmm. However, I may have learned it. Mm-hmm. And how am I going to carry that mm-hmm. into the next opportunity I have to influence somebody else for positive change? Mm-hmm. And that is tough. That is That's tough. just tough. That tough. What gets in the way most for you, Josh, in terms of just this whole, if I could say it this way, emptying of self so that mm-hmm. others can experience themselves on another level? Yeah. Personally, I think the idea of being totally for somebody Mm. is to recognize in myself, what do I see in them and what do I want them to see in themselves? So it is actually seeing who I am and intentionally getting out of the way way. of the conversation. Because actually in the example that you just were sharing... You name something really important, I think, because for leaders, the idea of them uh, meeting with somebody, that person leaving and going and saying to somebody else, wow, when I'm with that Roger, that that guy knows what he's doing. We should at least be able to pause and not in a flippant way say, oh, hey, that's not what I want, you know, uh, them going away and saying, but is actually to recognize that that feels really good. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't recognize it, actually our likelihood of behaving in certain ways that mm-hmm. repeats that exact same outcome is quite high. And if I'm focused on that, who am I focused on? That's exactly right. That's not it's serving leadership. Me. That's right. Because I'm focused on myself that's rather right. than on the other person. That's right. And- yeah, I, lots of people listening to this are, uh, I would hope, maybe even defaulting to one of the most, well, the most important relationship in their life if they happen to be married, Yeah, is how does this affect my spousal relationship? And if we're not starting there, that's right. Uh, if, if we happen to be married, we're unlikely to be able to carry that into our leadership life. And I think yeah. you, you used such a important word just a few minutes ago, it's it's very important to us here at North Group, is this simple three-letter word of four, yeah. F-O-R, is that we want our clients, certainly our spouse, mm-hmm. our children, other uh, you know, high-impact people in our life, to know that we're for them. Absolutely. And if we are focused on our own performance, mm-hmm. it's really hard to communicate that in the being part and in the doing part. That's right. So to get to this stage three, if mm-hmm. you will, it just takes a, I guess I'll use some some spiritual language or some some sort of emptying of self, which mm-hmm. says, hey, however I execute in this conversation today, in this meeting today, is of little importance mm-hmm. 
compared to how this person leaves mm -hmm. and how they're able to feel about themselves and affect other people in their lives as a result of the conversation today. And that's really where we want to get to. Agreed. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Roger.